Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to episode three of the Believe in the U. Of course, I am your host, Paul Menendez. A lot of great things to get to in today's episode, guys. We just finished our first scrimmage of the spring. Very excited to talk about that. Received a commitment from Ja'Curry Brown, four-star dual-threat quarterback, number five dual-threat quarterback in the nation out of Lowndes High School in Georgia. By the way, guys, when was the last time we've seen the quarterback position with this elite amount of depth? Think about this for for a little while. We have Tyler Van Dyke, four-star recruit. Jake Garcia, another four-star recruit. Bring in Ja'Curry Brown. You have your star college football playmaker in De'Ara King. We're stacked at the quarterback position. Not to mention Caden Martin, okay? Credible baseball player. But he's also considered a four-star recruit in football as well. The quarterback room in Miami hasn't been this elite in quite a while. And I think this is part of Manny Diaz's plan. I ultimately do. And I have to give credit when it's due. Because I'm very hard on Coach Manny Diaz. Like a lot of people are as well. But he's creating elite depth at specific positions. We're seeing this in the running back room. It's very elite. Quarterback. Safeties. Defensive end. There's talent there. You have the appropriate personnel in ACC Coastal Football cornerbacks you're it's getting there slowly but surely you have to develop players Isaiah Dunson Marcus Clark they have a high ceiling bringing in Tyreek Stevenson was great linebacker room has a ton of talent as well you're creating that depth that you really didn't have there before and you know I I I just got to give Manny Diaz credit for it you know wide receiver room needs to develop there's talent there but at least the talent is coming in Offensive line is a huge project, so don't get me started on that. We still don't have a second-team offensive line, guys. Sorry. We had an average offensive line unit to below average this past season. Hopefully, they can take a big step and they can get above average. And that's average in ACC play. If you go to the Elite Power 5 level, it's not a good offensive line. I'm going to keep it real with you guys on this podcast, okay? I don't sugarcoat anything. If your offensive line is bad, it's bad. And we had an average one this past season. It's a big project there. But Manny Diaz, he's trying to create elite depth at every position. And that's going to take with time. And ultimately, guys, you know, you can bring in talent, which I don't think is the issue at Miami. But we got to develop this talent. You know, guys like Mark Pope, Gervin Hall, who came in highly ranked, highly touted, Mark Pope, Four-star recruit out of Miami Southridge Senior High School. He got a five-star bump from Rivals. Andrew Ivan said he was the best sevens-on-seven player he's ever seen play in his life. Mark Pope hasn't developed well at Miami. He's had different wide receiver coaches. He was recruited by Ron Dugans. Coach Stubblefield comes in. Now he has Rob Likens. It's been a rocky road for Mark Pope. I've always been curious if players like Mark Pope would develop better at other programs. You put Mark Pope at an Alabama and Oklahoma, would he have a better career? Because talent-wise, his skill set is very elite at the Power 5 level. You can't teach speed. 
Mark Pope is very elite with his skill set. And I think it's more of a mental game with Mark Pope. I think mentally right now, it's really getting to him. You know, his mental part of the game. And I think that's what is holding back Mark Pope. And so when I see tweets, when I see derogatory comments towards Mark Pope, I'm just, I'm pulling for him. Because we need him, guys. We need him this upcoming season. We need wide receivers to step up. And we'll get into that. What happened in the scrimmage, because it's very enlightening news. So, I've always been curious, guys like Mark Pope, Gervin Hall, Amari Carter, who came in highly touted, you know, what if they were developed properly at other programs? Because, you know, the coaching staff we had previous years wasn't the strongest. Really, developing-wise, it was the same story, different year, ultimately. Gervin Hall, we've seen flashes of his success. He just hasn't put it together. Needs to be more consistent. Is that on coaching or the player? Now, he's getting a new defensive backs coach to oversee him, Coach T-Rob. So, hey, we'll see if he develops at Miami. He's got a couple more years left. But Gervin Hall can be an outstanding player if he is consistent throughout the whole season. Just needs to put it all together. And hopefully we'll see that development under Coach Travaris Robinson. All right, guys. Let's talk about recruiting real quick. Obviously, Ja'Curry Brown received his commitment. Big-time player. Love to see him excel in, his, in a zone-read-type option offense. Great skill set. Very physically advanced. You know, this whole he needs to be more accurate with his passes. Look, he has a strong arm. If you put him around the appropriate personnel, good offensive line, good wide receivers, which is the goal at Miami to have, obviously, I think he should shine. I really do. Now, is Rhett Lashley going to be his offensive coordinator when he's a sophomore, junior, senior year at Miami? I don't know. I can't predict the future. But I think Ja'Curry Brown is a Power 5 starting quarterback. That's how I see him. Now, it's all up to development, like I've been preaching previously in this show. Can we develop Ja'Curry Brown? you Jake Garcia's Tyler Van Dykes? Hey, that's on coaching. But great get. Guys... Regarding recruiting, couple players to look out for. Miami is making a strong impact on Jordan Allen, three-star cornerback out of the state of Louisiana. And I think Miami is focusing on a lot of under-the-radar players that schools like LSU, Alabama aren't really going after, or even Georgia and Auburn that aren't necessarily takes. And it's kind of reverse psychology because these programs go into South Florida and They kind of take the players Miami doesn't want to take into their program. Anthony Schwartz was not a take by Miami. He ends up going to Auburn. Elijah Moore, he wasn't a take by Miami either. He ends up going to Ole Miss. Both of those players are going to be playing on Sundays. So Miami's going to those regions where schools like Ole Miss and Auburn recruit. And they're going after those under-the-radar players that aren't really getting a lot of attention from those top elite sec programs jordan allen runs a 4 5 40 he's six feet 182 pounds he holds offers from georgia penn state and mississippi state and he loves the coaching staff he talks to them on a regular basis according to 24 7 sports that article that was dropped he seemed very satisfied and seems like he could be our next commit i don't take everything with a grain of salt in recruiting i'm no expert by any means but Miami's in a great position. 
with Jordan Allen. So just look out for that name. And I like how, look, I love recruiting in South Florida, especially under the radar recruits, players that want to give you 110%. They're not into the social media, you know, game and taking pictures at gas stations. They're, they're not into that kind of fame. Players that want to give you 110% and aren't highly ranked recruits, those are the players that will excel at the next level. Okay, they will do whatever you tell them. They may not make a big impact the first year, but you'll see their development year two, year three, year four. And I love when Miami goes after those guys in South Florida because we all saw Tutu Atwell. Another example, he was a quarterback at Miami Northwestern. He's roughly what, like 5'8", 5'9", undersized quarterback. Miami's like, hey, we don't... Hey, we understand, you know, he's a fast player. He's, he, he's an athlete, but where are we going to put him? We don't see him at wide receiver or corner at the next level. Louisville takes him as an athlete and just lets him go to work. Puts him at wide receiver and the rest is history. He's going to get drafted in the NFL. He's one of the top wide receivers in college football. And he was an under the radar three-star recruit from Miami Northwestern that played quarterback. And he wasn't a take for Miami. So, I, I understand the under-the-radar South Florida athlete that we have to go after and the emphasis. But I also appreciate when we're going out of state and taking players from other states as well because there's a ton of great talent in the state of Louisiana, in Georgia, in Alabama. So I, I appreciate that we're going after other recruits in other states. Another player to look out for, Kamari Wilson, number one safety in the nation out of IMG Academy, five-star recruit, is making his decision April 1st. Listen, he, he's been offered by every single program in the nation, okay? He's a very violent defender. He's very active in the weight room. He's going to be playing on Sundays, guys. I'm just not going to sugarcoat it. He's, he's one of the best of the best in this class. Miami was not in play with Kamari Wilson at all. But you know what happened? They hired Coach Travaris Robinson. And his relationship with T-Rob was very good. He was considering South Carolina in his top three, top five. Heavily considering South Carolina because of Travaris Robinson. Let's see what happens April 1st. But I'll tell you what, guys. Whoever Kamari Wilson picks, that commitment is not over. That decision is not official until it's pen to paper. And if he picks another school, you better believe Miami is still going to go full court press on Kamari Wilson until it's early signing day, national signing day, until he puts a pen to paper stating he is signing his letter of intent to another program or to the University of Miami, it will be a dogfight to land Kamari Wilson. That is an NFL player. I don't care how stacked your safety room is. Because Miami, it's pretty good right now. I think we're in a great position with the amount of personnel we have at our safeties. Necessarily, they don't really have to go full court press on Kamari Wilson. They could go full court press on Allen as well. South Florida, I believe he's out of um, Hollandale. Hollandale Beach High or Hollandale High. Another five-star recruit is going to Arizona State, but Miami really doesn't have to go all in for Kamari Wilson, but they believe in him. Travaris Robinson views him very highly. So do I. I think he's going to be very elite at the next level. The expectation is he's going to be an NFL player one day. 
So just look out for that announcement April 1st. <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt. It, it's going to be a bloodbath, guys. You know, I I don't know if Miami will be the choice. I, I would be surprised if he picks Miami. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, hope for the best uh, for Kamari Wilson in his college career. But it's going to be a dogfight. Even if he says Alabama, Georgia, what other school he's looking at. Miami will fight to the end for Kamari Wilson. And credit to Coach Travaris Robinson for putting Miami in play with Kamari Wilson. All right, guys. Let's talk about the first spring scrimmage. I believe it was held at St. Brendan's High School. By the way, if you're familiar with high school football in Miami, South Florida in general, St. Brendan's, they didn't have a high school football program before. It was completely irrelevant if they even had one. And they've really turned it around the past couple years. So credit to them. They have a very nice facility. They used to be, literally, they're right next to Columbus Senior High School. And, you know, (laughs) it's kind of a joke. You know, Columbus is like not even little brother. It was just there. So shout out to St. Brendan's for really pulling a 180 in their athletics and their uh, football program. So Jake Garcia and Tyler Van Dyke. According to Manny Diaz, did a phenomenal job. They made a lot of great passes throughout the scrimmage. Look, man, you, you got to give credit to Jake Garcia. He's the real deal. I think he's definitely a power five starter at the next level. Um, I love what Red Lashley is doing with these young quarterbacks, man. We're finally developing elite talent. Um, I think this is great. Healthy competition for potentially the, potentially the starting job in 2022 after De'Eric King leaves. And both underclassmen are stepping up. Now, I, I did not hear anything of Peyton Matoka, which is very, uh, a little bit disappointing. You know, I, I thought he was a dark horse for the job. A lot of people like to skill set, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, they both shared a lot of first team snaps. And ultimately, you know, I left very impressed. I thought Tyler Van Dyke was going to do good, but I didn't expect Jake Garcia doing this well. So I thought that was very impressive. Seems like Don Chaney is going to be our first team running back. You know, take the majority of the carries, which I hope, you know, we're stacked at that position, but I think he's earned that. So over 50 yards rushing for Don Chaney, one TD. Hey, as long as you get five yards per carry, I'm satisfied. That should be the goal. Average five yards per carry. Nothing less. But more, great. But five yards per carry, that gets you to a successful run game, in my opinion. Now, moving over to the wide receivers, Xavier Restrepo. Nine receptions, 144 receiving yards, two TDs. Tremendous job by the redshirt freshman due to COVID rules. I believe he's still a freshman. (laughs) But, man, this is the importance I've I've been stressing regarding our wide receiver rotation. Someone's got to step up after Mike Harley, and I'm extremely glad we're seeing this from an underclassman. Charleston Ramble, by the way, had a touchdown pass from Jake Garcia. I know he's going to step up. That's going to be our number two wide receiver. He's going to be very reliable. But Red Lashley stated you need one to three guys making plays in your rotation. So we have Mike Harley. We have Charleston Rambo making plays. You have Xavier Restrepo shining like he is in the first scrimmage. That's a great sign that your offense is going to be very healthy. It's going to be very fluid. We averaged 34 points per game this past season with a very subpar and weak wide receiver rotation. Imagine when you have actually a wide receiver rotation filled out with playmakers. And Xavier Restrepo, hey, everyone speaks very highly of his work ethic, said he's a Braxton Berrios 2.0. 
Hey, you need guys in your program like Braxton Berrios with that work el- with that work ethic that know the playbook like it's the back of their hand. So we need guys like Xavier Restrepo to step up. We need guys like Mark Pope and D. Wiggins to step up. We need all the help we can get in the wide receiver rotation is what I'm stressing. If you want to average more than 34 points per game. You can have John Elway, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning as your quarterback. But if your wide receivers do not catch the football, you cannot be successful offensively. I'll leave it at that. The only way our offense can be successful without weak wide receiver play is if De'Ara King runs for over 1,000 yards. And is Pat White 2.0 or Lamar Jackson? Johnny Manziel. I think we're going to limit De'Ara King's running ability a little bit more with that torn ACL injury. Could be wrong. Take that with a grain of salt. That's just my opinion. But we'll see. But ultimately, you can't. You don't want to count on De'Ara King's running ability this next season to go over 1,000 yards rushing. I don't think that's his goal as a quarterback. Let's see. Let's see what other underclassmen steps up as well throughout this spring. We'll see in the spring game when it's recorded at Hard Rock Stadium. And I'm very well aware that Jeremiah Payton did a very good job his freshman year in his spring game. Spring games and necessarily the stats are great. It gives you confidence, but let's be real. It matters during the regular season, what you do. And plus, we've seen a lot of players get a lot of playing time during the spring. And then regular season comes, they play seniors. That's a whole different topic for another episode. And I hope this coaching staff, Manny Diaz, gets away from that whole seniority thing. Playing players because of their experience over young, great, talented individuals. And then by like four games after they realize, hey, Scott Patchen is just not cutting out. Let's put in Gregory Rousseau. Yeah, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't think a lot of people do. And I hope Manny Diaz is going away from that. And I don't think there's any excuse or reason why you should continue playing veteran players who haven't proved themselves in this football program. By the way, guys, defensively, Manny Diaz was praising Tyreek Stevenson, stating that pass coverage, outstanding. Run support as well. Made a lot of great tackles. And that's going to be key. And I feel like Tyreek Stevenson doesn't get as much praise Tyreek Stevenson is going to be huge for the cornerbacks. Huge. Depth-wise, as a starter, we need him (laughs) in this cornerback rotation. Just his experience in general. He's a physical corner who's going to give you 110%. With his experience from the SEC, there should be nobody, no receiver in the ACC Coastal play. That should dominate him. Matchup-wise, one-on-one, he's probably the best corner in the ACC Coastal. Easily. There should be no mismatches with Tyreek Stevenson on the field. And then to Corey Couch on the other side, hey, cornerback room will get better. Javaris Robinson will have them ready to go. And I can't wait. I was thinking about it the other day. You know, what, what is the early outlook on this Miami Hurricanes football team? I think we're going to win the games that we're supposed to win. Hopefully it's not as ugly as it was this past season. I think it's going to be a lot better. A lot, <laughs> as I say, like the wins will look a lot better. We'll win by two or three touchdowns. It won't be a nail-biter, just ugly game. We won't have the teams hanging around like Pittsburgh, Virginia Tech. We should cruise through those teams. And then obviously your test is North Carolina. In Alabama, I mean, it's it's a program evaluator where how far, how close your program is, but I'm not really going to look into that game that much 
first game of the year too. I'll get into that in another episode as we get closer, but you know, ideally Miami should win 10 to 11 games on the schedule on paper. They should, but Hey, at the end of the day, that's why they played the game. We can get excited about spring, the highlights, the stats that are going on. But at the end of the day, Miami shows up to any game. They give up over a hundred yards and penalties. That's an undisciplined football team. And maybe that's something that wasn't spoken about during the spring practices that nobody talked about penalties. I don't know if coach Manny Diaz didn't bring that up. Didn't state there wasn't any sloppiness, but we'll find out a lot more about this football team when they record the actual spring game in hard rock stadium. And then week one against Alabama, it's going to tell us a lot. Are we ready for prime time? Are we still saying we're ready for prime time, but we're really not? Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I look forward to making more weekly episodes in the near future and bringing on guests as well. Hopefully next week I will have a guest and we'll talk some Miami Hurricanes football instead of me just blabbering about spring practice. Hope everyone has a great rest of their day and always all about the U. Go Canes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.